You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone welcome to a special episode of the quackback block show uh joining me on the phone today is matt lowry uh you can find him uh, on twitter at matt a lowry matt. and uh he's one of the editors for the usc sister site uh, conquest chronicles uh this week being halloween and this kind of being a somewhat of a holiday as far as usc and oregon football is concerned the question on everybody's mind now is, um, where do you fall on the candy corn uh, debate? <laughs> um, well, it's funny because Dina and I had this debate not that long ago, and I have a, I have this debate, I don't know how many times, but I I am not a fan of candy corn. I, I, I feel candy corn is, is very overrated, in my opinion, and... Um, I don't know. I just, I can't get into it. I, I can't get into candy corn. It's, it's not my thing. I mean, I can respect that. Getting back into, to, into the game this weekend, some of the biggest news stories revolving USC football lately has been about the prospect of Urban Meyer joining the team uh, in some capacity, uh, either during the season or at the end of the season. Um, and so my question then is, what's the fans take on Clay Helton and his job permanence? Uh, coming up, has he done enough to uh, to deserve another year, or is are people calling for a new guy at the helm? Well, I, I think a lot of fans are calling. A, a lot of fans are calling for the new guy at, for a new guy at the helm. Um, they're just. I think each passing week, it's something new with with uh, with this team and how it's being coached. And a lot of fans felt that Clay Helton should have been let go at by the end at the end of last season. And so with no athletic director, it's kind of difficult. And a lot of people feel that after each loss, um, each loss is going to bring it closer. Now, the prospect of Urban Meyer, a lot of people are gunning for it. A lot of people want it. Um, I, I, I think whether, in my opinion, whether it happens or not, it, that remains to be seen. But again, it kind of depends on what USC does because each passing week, USC, while a lot of fans want uh, Clay Helton gone, each passing week, USC keeps winning or they keep putting themselves in a, in a, in a predicament to, um, to play in the, in the Pac-12 South, to possibly win the Pac-12 South. So it's... It's at the point where it kind of depends on how this goes. And it's to a point where it's at the point now where USC has to win the Pac-12 South or not even the Pac-12 South. The USC has to win the Pac-12 in order for him to really get his, in order for him to really keep his job. And right now, it, I don't know, it, it, it's up and down right now. But a lot of fans are ready for a change. and. Um, it's 
just a matter of a, a lot of people are just waiting to see what it, when that change is going to happen. What about you? What do you personally believe that Urban Meyer is going to be uh, the guy for the job? Personally, I don't see it. Um, though I've been wrong before. I've been wrong this whole season about certain things, but I I don't see it. Um, I I don't think Urban Meyer will come to USC, given that he stated that it's health reasons. Now, how the way he's talked about it, it's going. It's as if you know. Yeah, I'm gonna look to get into coaching soon or come back to coaching soon because he talked about the Dallas Cowboys coaching job, saying if it was available, he'd be interested. Um, but I think if anything, I see USC. I think USC has to make a big splash with their hire, and I personally think they'll go in the direction of possibly a, a, a somebody like a Jimmy Lake out of Washington or possibly go after Bob Stoops because knowing that Bob Stoops wants to get back into college coaching. Um, I think that's something where we could see Bob Stoops possibly on his way to USC. So somebody like Jimmy Lake or Bob Stoops or, or Brett Venable, somebody who they know they, they have to go after and they know that they can target. Um, I think they'll go after urban Meyer. I think they'll try to do what they can to, to pull him to USC. But I don't think he comes to USC, though I've been wrong on this before. So uh, tell me something about the uh, uh, USC football that no one's really talking about. Well, I think it's their resiliency. And a lot of people who, um, who don't really watch the USC games, they don't see how hard this team uh, battles from week to week. And granted that, you know, again, they had to loss to BYU. They had to loss to Washington. They had to loss to Notre Dame. But if you look at those games, you compare it to last year's team, because everybody looked at the five and seven, or the five and seven team from last year. The USC in those games mentally checked out of those games. They mentally checked out against Utah when it got rough. They mentally somewhat checked out against ASU when it got rough. Um, they weren't all there against UCLA, which really they should have blew them out the water. Uh, Texas, they mentally checked out. The losses that you can see, it wasn't as if it was like, oh, yeah, you know, they they were a bad team. No, they mentally checked out of those games on top of coaching. This year, they're generally, you know, working hard and, and fighting hard to get in those games because if you think about it, Notre Dame it could have easily gotten out of it could have easily gotten out of hand. Easily got gotten out of hand against Notre Dame. Against BYU could have easily gotten out of hand. Against Washington easily could have gotten out of hand. They really they battled to stay in those games. Um another thing is the secondary. The young secondary has really stepped up with with Eliza Griffin and Isaac Taylor Stewart and you know, and Chris Steele, they've all stepped up and, and played outstanding, including true freshman Max Williams and Kalanoa Hafunga, even though he's injured now. But a lot of these guys in the secondary have stepped up and they've been the best unit. So I, I think that's something that a lot of people are not, you know, that a lot of people don't know and a lot of people are not talking about right now is how hard this team is playing and how well 
this team is playing in certain areas where we thought it would be a struggle. So do you suppose that uh, in light of all of that, um, when Oregon coming in with a top 10 rating, uh, does that affect the team any? Like, like how do you feel like that's going to, um, to, to drive them or are they going to be a little more on the intimidated side? I think it'll, I think it'll drive them. And as you saw against Notre Dame, uh, USC started from the gate defensively took it right to them. They flustered Notre Dame's offense and took it right to them. The, the downside to it was USC offensively just couldn't put points up. They, they couldn't put the, they couldn't put the points up and that's where it really, it messed with them. But you saw it against Utah. You saw it against Notre Dame. They, they don't back down from anybody. So I think the top 10 rate, uh, ranking I don't think that will. Um, I don't think that'll bother USC at all. If anything, that motivates them. That that really gives them some type of motivation to play harder, especially at the Coliseum, because against Utah, Utah had a, had a, I believe, had a top ten ranking uh, coming into that game, and you saw that team play hard against Utah. So against Oregon, it's a you know you got a better opponent in Oregon. I think they'll come ready. Um, I think they will come ready, and I think they will they will be ready to go against Oregon. I think they'll come motivated and ready to play. Now, how that transpires going into the game is a different story. That that's going to be a completely different story on how all of it plays out in the um, in the game against Oregon. Yeah, everything can change once that that coin's flipped. Um, so I can promise you that nobody in the Oregon athletic department listens to this podcast. So I'm going to ask you, <laughs> how does Oregon win the game? Uh, on the ground, honestly, there there is anything. Oregon wins this game on the ground. USC has had issues defending the run, um, whether it comes to reverses, misdirection runs. They they are poor at at uh, outside containment, which is a problem because when they get speed going sideline to sideline, they get the angles on deep. Uh, uh, there's angles on defenses that USC's not properly taking the right angles, and they get beat. And against Notre Dame, especially for um, Oregon fans, if they watch the Notre Dame game. Nor uh, USC got gassed in between the tackles, pretty pretty darn well. And against Oregon with with CJ Burrell and especially with um with with uh, I believe Die possibly being available for this game, that's going to be a problem for USC, especially if they can't contain the uh, USC or USC if they can't contain Oregon in between the tackles. So that's where Oregon's going to win this game is in between the tackles in the run game. Also defending the, the, the pass. USC is a pass happy offense. They run the, and I say this loosely, the quote unquote air raid. Now we don't know what it is. We don't know what USC is trying to run or what Graham Harrell's trying to run. We don't know if it's the air raid. We don't know if it's the ground raid. We, <laughs> we just don't know what it is. It looks like the gumbo offense from the past few years that USC has been running where it's no identity. However, they're trying, there's kind of getting an identity and it's start, kind of starting to get rolling. Keaton Slovis has been playing outstanding, but 
uh, Oregon secondary just has to defend the pass better. If they, and I think the whole thing with it is with every other team, it's drop eight in the coverage and force USC to beat you on the ground. Granted, USC now is starting to figure that out. However, if Oregon can, if Oregon can do that, if Oregon can force Keenan Slovis to uh, to make those ill-advised freshman mistakes and take advantage of the freshman mistakes, this game could get out of hand uh, quickly. But again, Oregon just has to put up points. And Oregon has to put up points, and Oregon has to take advantage of of uh, USC not being able to start to start quickly or strong. They have to take advantage. They have to take advantage of USC's slow start most of the time. All right, I'll be sure to pass that along. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's the best seat in the Coliseum? Um, to me, honestly, I'm going to say the end zone, lower level. Now they renovated the Coliseum, and we I went to the season opener against Fresno State, uh, seeing the renovations and. Lower end is typically to me, especially if you're in row 30, in the row 30, maybe the row 40, that's the best seat in the Coliseum to me because you can see everything play out. And But not only that, you have the pier style right in front of you. So I think those are the best seats in the house, especially if you like watching the games from a higher venue. Um, I haven't been in the towers yet. I haven't been inside these the scholarship towers or anything like that in that area where the new concourse is. So I've heard those are pretty good and those are pretty, those look pretty nice too. So I, I have to check it out when I go this Saturday and, um, and, and look at the Coliseum a little bit more, but those, those to me are the best seats in the house uh, inside the Coliseum. So I would recommend in that area, um, I would, I, I, though there's Oregon fans who sit in the corner and in, in the, I want to say the East or the West corner. I'm going to say the, the East corner of the Coliseum, the East right corner of the Coliseum where the opposing fans sit. Those aren't typically the best seats in my view. Um, because especially you have the sun directly hitting you in the face. So if you can get a, another seat somewhere else, I, strongly advise Oregon fans to probably sit there to sit in another spot. It, it's a, it, it's better that way. What are you going to, or what's your Halloween costume this year? Um, unfortunately I got to dress as a football coach because I, I coach football. So I have to dress, get and prepare the team for a, uh, for a Friday night game, but I won't be there. So I have to get the offense ready. So, I'm dressed as a football coach. Uh, I, I, I typically, I don't dress up unless I'm going somewhere, but that's my dress up for the, uh, for the evening. I know a lot of people who would find that just as scary. (laughs) All right, Matt. Well, thanks for joining me. And uh, hopefully I get a chance to talk to you again uh, before the week of December 6th for the PAC 12 championship game. Perfect. Sounds good. I'm hoping for that as well. I I think all USC fans are hoping for that. 